0: This is the Inquisitive Minds
1: Podcast.
0: Hey, thank you for tuning in to the Inquisitive Minds Podcast. I'm your host as usual, Johnny Smith. With me today, I have a fellow comedian and podcaster who I was actually a guest on his podcast before (laughs) I even had my own. Uh, welcome to the program, Jeff Fieldhouse.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, man.
0: Jeff, how are you doing today, brother?
1: I'm doing good. It, it's actually cool to come on because I remember, I think you've been on my podcast twice. And the first time you came on, you're like, man, I, I dig how the conversation's going and you were good at it. And then the next time you came on, you already started the podcast. And it was dope to see how dedicated you were. Like, you pulled out the notebook and you had like two months of guest plan. Yeah. And like the exact topics for each guest. And like you were doing the homework. So it was dope to see it like, kind of all happen
0: yeah man it, it's great i i love doing it it's like it's such a passion project like i'll be honest i haven't looked at my analytics in months <laughs> because it doesn't matter yeah i'm still gonna keep doing it like mm-hmm. i love it and, and it feels like the longer i do it the more the back catalog gets listened to yeah or i'll get comments every now and then on youtube on older stuff and it's like okay mm-hmm. people are checking it out
1: definitely yeah i think like that's the hardest part about like podcasting, like, starting a business or anything like that where they say you don't survive the first year because it's so hard to, like, keep that momentum and just grind it when you probably don't have the amount of listeners you wish you did. Yeah. But exactly like you said, I just keep looking at it as, like, make the catalog because once people, like, know what you have, you're going to wish you had more for them to watch while you're creating your new shit. You yeah. Know, like, while you're doing that.
0: I remember I uh, started listening to the last podcast on the left, and it was, like, episode 330, <laughs> and I really liked it, and then I ended up listening to their entire back catalog, you know. So if you're listening now, guys, check out some stuff in the past. Yeah, there's some there's some really dope guests, uh, and there will be really dope guests in the future. As far as financially, I, I put it all on my back. Like I was I was doing it at Idiot Radio for a yeah. while, and like still intermittently, mm-hmm. um, but working on the home studio, and you know. So it's like now when you own it, it makes it even easier to keep going, especially if you like doing it.
1: Definitely. Yeah, it's a whole process of having to, like, reach out to someone and schedule it with them instead of genuinely just finding a day that worked best. It just kind of becomes a hassle in that sense to where it just never kind of works out. And then if you have to pick a day, then you kind of have to pick a person that may, yeah. <laughs> may have not been your first choice. And it's really quality over quantity when you're dropping a lot of these. And when people are listening for the first time, you can't have, like, dot after duds So that's why, like you said, it's also important to, like, like – just do it for yourself in that sense. Mm-hmm. Like it came to a couple episodes where I would stop interviewing certain people and just start interviewing the people that like I was the most genuinely like like intrigued about. And those are the episodes that do the best because I think people can tell like when you give a fuck about a person. Absolutely,
0: know? absolutely. I, you know what? And I feel rude now because uh, we haven't mentioned the name of your podcast at all. Oh, you are all
1: good. Dude. We just started. It's called the Babyface Assassin. Babyface
0: Assassin. Mm-hmm. Where is that available?
1: It's on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, and um, yeah, just pretty much everywhere. How long you been doing that? It's going on two years now. Okay. Yeah, I think we're on episode like 136. I just dropped. Oh, nice! Yeah. congrats, man. Thanks, dude.
0: That's uh, that's what's up. We're a little over, we're a little over a year now. Fuck yeah. Um, I don't know, I don't know how much over a year, but I, I'm getting memories now of like mm. older guests, and I'm like, oh, okay, that was cool. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, what made you start your podcast? Since we jumped right into it. Yeah.
1: Uh, Whenever I moved back, because I went to Florida for film school, and that's where I started doing stand-up comedy.
0: So, you're, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, So you're originally from here?
1: Yeah, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, born and raised in Aetna, PA. Okay. And I did stand-up, like, a couple times in high school. But it was, like, open mics at the pleasure bar, and all my friends were there. So, it's not like... You can't really count it as, like, yeah. really doing it because, your like... Your friends you, are on your side. You have such a big support group, and you're also just, like, very, like, stupid, and it almost feels like a vacation instead of actually something, like, tangible. And then once I went to Florida for film school, I was like, well, no one knows me here, so I can, like, suck. <laughs> and it's not going to be, like, that my neighbor, like, at the bar or something. I can have a place to kind of figure that out.
0: What uh, what college did you go to in So Florida? I went to a
1: first institute. It's, like, a, it, it was a more like a trade school for film. Mm-hmm. So I got certified in film and audio. Oh, okay. Yeah, so during the process, like the first half of the schooling was all audio, and you had to like pass that to move on to the second half for film. So that way when we film stuff, every, like every company that we work with, someone would have to be the boom guy. The next time you're the director. So it kind of got you like good at learning a little bit of everything. And that's whenever I first started listening to podcasts and really like hearing a lot of that shit. So I was like, dude, it'd be so cool to do comedy. And be able to, like, edit and film my own podcasting. like, if I went on the road or if I started doing more things, like, I, I know how to be the cameraman and, like, do that shit, you know?
0: So you had the idea while you were in school? Yeah. Okay, and while you were down there, you said you started actual stand-up?
1: Yeah, I started stand-up. And I actually had a podcast. It was called the Jeff Fieldhouse Podcast. Okay. And I would interview, like, musicians and then at the end, I would have them freestyle on a beat to one of my favorite like artists. Okay. So it kind of had the vibes of what I'm doing more now with like the just all artists an earlier version. Yeah, because in film school, like to make money and to kind of like meet people, I would like film music videos for rappers. And my internship was at an open mic, like one of the many internships. It was like the Orlando bands, and they like do sound for a bunch of open mics. So I would just have to sit there at open mics and. I would just see dope people, and I'd just jot them down. And after, I'd be like, hey, I have a camera. I'd, I'd film a live show for you, or let me make a music video for you. Yeah. And they'd pay me, and from meeting them, I'd realize that they were putting on shows called Live on the Lake. And it was this guy who had this dope house, and he had this backyard. this this cool lake house. And he was friends with the owner of Orlando Bands, and they built a stage back there. And I was hanging out at his house every day, and he's like, dude, you're funny. You should host this. And I was like, oh, that's cool, because they won't expect stand-up, because you're a host. And it'll get me used to being on stage. So I started hosting those all art shows like every month while going to open mics. So it kind of gave me like in touch with like the music scene, but also the comedy scene. So once I came back to Pittsburgh, I stayed in Florida for about four, uh, I think four or five years. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, I actually had a solid like five minutes I was comfortable with and I could edit and do what I want. So my friend Ty Danzuzo, who's been on this podcast, he shout had, out to Ty. Yeah, he's the man, dude. And he has a bar. That his dad owns and we would always talk about him playing music and me doing comedy there so when i came back me and him had the idea to do an all-art show where it's comedy first music second and then we have someone painting on stage because his girlfriend was a painter he did music i did comedy it's a
0: really dope experience if yeah. you guys haven't went it's really dope and i heard they just remodeled
1: yeah they just remodeled we just built a stage and we like uh tore down a wall so we they did but they tore down a yeah. wall so so you can see like way more into the stage room and it just adds so much, man. And it's really cool to see like that grow as well. So we're actually back. Our show is going to be on December 17th. So Ty and I started doing the all art shows and we would just hang out with like the musicians and the artists. And it really got me to like meet so many different people from the scene. And we'd have these dope ass conversations. I'm like, this needs to be a podcast, dude. Like it's artist to artist talking, not like an interviewer that's not an artist mm-hmm. interviewing an artist. That's when it's like the basic question. So That's where I was like, all right, well, I scrapped the Jeff Fieldhouse podcast because it was like I didn't know what I was doing. But from that, I knew like what audio software to use, like what to do. And I moved in with my friend, and we had an extra room. So I was like, shit, I'm just going to start doing a podcast. And it helped with stand-up too because that's how I got to meet more comedians. And then from like a a dope hour conversation, you can see them at open mics and like say what's up, and you're a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I'll be honest, like I love interviewing people. That I have no idea, you know, mm-hmm. about their field, but I feel the most comfortable when I'm talking to a comic. Yeah, I, I, just, it just it's more natural to me. Mm-hmm. Like because you know the bullshit we go through.
1: Oh yeah, it, it's just a it, it's way more of just a let your guard down where you can mm-hmm. kind of just like talk about whatever.
0: So what year was it that you moved back?
1: Uh, maybe it's going to be on four years now. So four okay. years ago. So I think like t- around 17, 2017 okay. is probably 2017. when I moved back. And I was staying... Man, the
0: scene is so much different from back then.
1: It, it Dude, it was like, it, it was a hundred times different. And I wasn't going to that many open mics because I was staying at, up at Slippery Rock with my mm. girlfriend. When I moved back, I was uh, staying with her up at her college. I bet her, her, her roommates love that, but... I was like... Danielle? Yeah, with Danielle. And, it, and she's your co-producer? No, uh, she actually stopped producing the podcast maybe a year ago now. Okay. Because uh, she got a full-time job at this dope-ass company. It's like a, a dream job for her field because it's so unique. And it just kind of put a thing where we both had more time. And then once that happened, I kind of switched up to my own studio and started editing it different. Mm-hmm. So it, it just kind of it changed. So. Within the past year, she has been doing that. But okay. but whenever I do edit the podcast or I'm about to post a clip, it's definitely dope to like be like, "Hey, so what was like one of your favorite parts of the episode when you listened, or what's something that like caught your eye?" To get like a, a, an extra audience feedback in that sense and stuff. But but yeah, dude, she's always been a rider. So whenever I told her I wanted to move back to Pittsburgh and like I couldn't really afford an apartment or any of that, she's like, "Well, why don't you just stay at my place and stay here and then get a job? Good to stand up in Pittsburgh." So. I would like go from Slippery Rock to Pittsburgh every once in a while. That's a ride. Dude. Like once a month for mics. Like I was barely doing mics, and then I signed up for the Pittsburgh Comedy Competition
0: down at the Improv.
1: No, no, it was uh, at the Arcade Comedy Theater. Oh, okay. Yeah, and the hosts were like actual comics. Like in Pitt, uh, the judges were actual comics in Pittsburgh.
0: Do you remember any of uh, who they were? Su- uh,
1: Suzanne Lawrence. Okay, I Suzanne believe, Lawrence, Gab Vanesso and John okay. Dick Winters.
0: Oh, yeah. So. Y- so two out of three. Ain't yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, so two made it. So for, any,
0: for anyone don't know, that doesn't know, John Dick Winters is a is a horrible uh, sexual predator. Yeah. From 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 you know what? And it's I have no proof, so I'll say that. Mm. But I've heard <laughs> from many a lady uh, of horrid things. So fuck that
1: dude. Yeah. So two out of the people were dope, and uh, like Johnny said, but no, I applied and I'd never heard back, and then I got an email. While laying in in bed, up Slippery Rock, and it said someone dropped out. Do you want to come in tonight? It was oh. like three hours before, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" So I went down, and I got to meet like Ian Macintosh. Mashin- uh, okay. Um, um, Trey. Uh, comedian, comedian. Uh, what?
0: Miles Miller now. Yeah,
1: M- Miles Miller now. Correctly. Miller. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. And he was just pe- he was just performed at the Iron Horse this mm-hmm. past week, and um, I got to meet like Joey Welsh, Seneca Stone, like. A bunch of just really cool people. A Paige Polesnick, she was like one of the first people I met who was really nice to me, and we all just got to hang out in the green room. And then I got past like onto the second round. Okay. And so once I made past the second round, and got to meet those comics each time, like hanging in the green room, you got to meet more comics. And each time they're like, "Oh, you don't go to these mics. Like you, you should go to Hambones. You should go to D's. You should go to Beer Hive." And Just was, keep
0: naming places that aren't around it, anymore, literally, brother. It,
1: but it was so cool because that was like the perfect way to get introduced and like have them kind of tell me what's up while being there. And I made it to the last round. I think Ann Casper won. Okay, shout out to Ann. Yeah, so Ann's a shit. And, but after that, I, I knew what Mike's to go to, and I had a little bit more confidence to like check out the stuff. But a funny Derek Minto story, which I told in my podcast, is I went to Hambones like the week after that to uh, do stand-up. And it's like everyone's sitting there, and I walk in, and Derek's like, Oh, there's the kid that only does competitions. You know, I was just like, and it hit me so hard in the dick because he was right. like yeah. I, like that's the only thing. Because back then I was like, what an asshole. I'm like, he was just kind of stating the facts. Like, yeah. I was never at the mics. So I only did that competition. And after that, he was like, no man, I'm sorry. And then I, because because I kept showing up, but not that night. But like, yeah. once you like stay around and start coming around, it, it like kind of opened the door. So. From there, I got to meet people like you, Marcus Cox. and Shout out to Marcus. Yeah, Joey Purse was probably one of the first. Like, Shout out episodes. to Joseph Purse. Yeah. Love you, brother. Uh, so no, so the, and then COVID I was, happened. I was actually
0: uh, rocking his shirt, I think, two episodes ago. Juice gang.
1: Hell yeah. But no, um, everything seemed to be going great with the scene. The Pittsburgh Comedy Fest was about to happen. And then just like when your uncle said he was going to go pro and then he blew his knee out. That's how everyone was after COVID. They're like, yeah. Yo, man, the comedy scene is about to bump until COVID. (laughs) That's like the world's. I was going to boil my knee out.
0: My early Derek Minto story is he asked me if uh, my name was a stage name.
1: (laughs) It does seem like you're on the run. (laughs) He's just like, just call me Johnny. Well,
0: like a jackass looking uh, for acceptance. I was like, no, and walked out, pulled out my ID. uh, Fucking (laughs) weirdo. I should have showed him my prison ID and been like, you want to ask any more (laughs) questions, motherfucker? (laughs) <laughs> yeah! No, shout out to Derek. Derek's yeah, great he, guy. Yeah,
1: he's he's very funny. But no, it's just uh, it, it's just so weird how everything's three sixty now. Though now everyone after the scene, we go to shows, we go to mics. But it seems like everyone's on their own island with their own podcast and yeah shows. It, it seems like each thing is like so self produced now.
0: Well, without the pandemic, I I don't think I would have started it because I wanted to mm. for a while. Um, just didn't have the time. But when the pandemic happened, yeah. Why not? What else are you doing? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's
1: it's a good muscle to work out. mm -hmm. I think it got a lot of comics you thought was cheesy and maybe like, Oh, I can't do that. And then once they got comfortable doing it, they realized it definitely helps on stage. Like, have you ever like done an interview and then a, a couple interviews that week and then had a show and you just feel so much more comfortable talking Just seeing random people in the crowd. I feel like doing so many podcasts helps a lot with stand up.
0: Yeah. It, it definitely, uh, helps me in, in manners. Like, and maybe not like legitimately, maybe it's all in my mind, mm. but At least I like it because like yeah. I rock my shirts all the time. Mm. I love this little podcast. Yeah. So like, I don't know. It makes me feel good. And like,
1: sometimes people bring me up be like, oh, host of the, inqu-. and I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like, nobody knows what the fuck you're talking about, mm. but that's dope to me. But that's another thing where I had to stop doing where people would be like, I'm going to mention your podcast. Like, dude, don't. no one knows. It's like, yeah, no one knows. Cause you're so fucking <laughs> bashful when you're putting yeah. down the thing that you work your ass off every week on. It's just like that inner, like self-depressing. Like no one actually cares. It's just like no motherfucker. It, why would you put in this much work if you didn't think someone cared? You care a lot about it, and just fucking do it. I don't know. I've just I've been in my own way a lot, like in the past, yeah, with like promotion. But it's it's hard to feel genuine. <laughs>
0: shades, and welcome back to your one-stop shop for all things strange and unusual, Talking With Shadows, the conversation everyone has but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host Vic Whaley and Marcus D. Now come along with us as we explore the most obscure things our universe has to offer. We specialize in helping people make sense of the most bizarre phenomenon you'll ever come across. You'll get all the great topics such as UFOs, cryptids, and psychic phenomenon, But also some stories that are so spectacular, they scare people to believe that they're true. Now take a seat, and welcome to the One Candle Society. But always remember, keep believing. Because
1: we'll keep listening. When When I promote, I don't know.
0: I dig it, but I like I, I understand that. And I said, fuck it. I just went all in and I own like twenty five of my own shirts. Like <laughs> oh, you have I, to. I I almost yeah. exclusively wear those. Like every now and then there'll be a Rick and Morty shirt or some shit. Yeah. But I just I'm always promoting it. Like when I talk to people, I talk about it. I just I want I think they're enjoyable conversations. Mm. I think uh a lot of times they're fascinating. I know it's a wide berth, but you can pick and choose. Like, oh, Maybe you don't want to hear uh, the psychic answer questions. Mm. Maybe you want to hear a comedian. Or, you know, maybe you want to hear an actress. Or, look, there's a professional wrestler. You know, like, just pick and choose. But I I enjoy him, and I feel like more people would enjoy him. Definitely. And I try and be more vulnerable on here, like, more honest with people. I've uh, told a lot of personal, personal stories on Mm. here. Like, uh, I don't know, it's just my baby yeah it's just my baby no but we can all be in our own ways Mm -hmm. it's easy to trip up because we see bigger names that have like finished products and they look you know much better production Mm -hmm. obviously than i have like i can't fuck with espn yeah jake paul or shit like that Mm -hmm. but we see them and we think it's unobtainable but they had to start somewhere too
1: yeah yeah there's all the building blocks to kind of get to that you want to be at that level, like you said, where you know what you're doing with the shit. Mm-hmm. The only way you do is by doing it from the start and as yourself, you know.
0: Yeah, I uh, I always say if if you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect other people to? Mm-hmm. You know, and if you won't invest in yourself, mm. how do you expect someone to invest in you? That's just, I don't know. So when you started it here, uh, you were doing it uh, on your own. Then you got some animation from. Um,
1: uh, Larry Lane.
0: Larry Lane.
1: Yeah. So I was on a walk with Danielle, and the way Danielle would help in the past is like I would book a guest, and before the episode, I would like have my questions written out. And it's just good to have someone as like a uh, person that's not like a creative in the sense of creating, mm-hmm. but likes the art and can actually hear it from like an, a person's point of view, from yeah. like the average person. So it would just be nice to kind of like flesh out ideas where I would kind of be like out in space with ideas, and she kind of like reel me in with like, yeah, I, th- I think these ones are good, but. You, you, i don't know she was like good at cutting the fat in that sense okay so whenever like we we stopped working together and like whenever she started work because i i'd want to do a lot more and i liked like bulking up during the week and so we would do it, like one day a week and that'd be perfect but once you want to start doing like two or three in a week you kind of just need to do it yourself but it was just like perfect timing because i learned how to like cut the fat through like a viewer's eyes mm-hmm. you know that's watching it so uh yeah, I man, it, it was just weird. So I was on a walk with her, and I was kind of, like, up in space thinking these ideas. And I just had this idea of, like, a cool animated intro because I was like, I don't know, I just want to incorporate this. And then I went to Beatty. It's, like, a technical school in high school with Larry Lane. Okay. It was, like, for – I went to school for half the day, then the second half of the day I went, and it was a class where, like, you learned Photoshop, you learned Illustrator, you have to make your own shirts. It was, like, a, a cool, like, a trade program. Like, in the school, too, they had, like – Mechanics, They have, like, haircuts and so on. So it was, like, for people that kind of knew they weren't going to college. Yeah, <laughs> you know, know get... what?
0: That's, I think that needs to be more relied upon, though. Yeah. Like, the trades are good work. You can make a good living. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of putting yourself in debt so much right at high school, you're paying off these school loans for years and years and years. Sometimes you get a job that's either not even in the fucking field or that pays just as much if you would have went to a trade school or mm-hmm. more. Like, you can be an electrician. how about it. It's great work.
1: I was going to go to Full Sail, which was about five miles away from my school. Mm -hmm. It's, like, the number one film school down there. Like, Disney teams up with it, and they have actual sets. Like, huge sets for whenever you film your own class movie. Like, if you're an animator there, they have, like, full rooms that, like, people come to, like, watch their movies in. So it's, like, it's, like, the A+. And they're, like, but you're going to be leaving with $200,000 in debt. Woo! And I was, like... No. So I chose First Institute, and I'm happy to say I have $50 left on my loan, (laughs) and then it is paid off. That's what's up, man. Congrats. Thank you. And I'm not working as an editor for anywhere, like you said, so you don't always end up where you were, but you use the tools in life. Yeah. Like in in, in other places, too. So, yeah, it should be more seen. And don't get me wrong, I was kicking and screaming when my parents suggested it when they're like, dude, this school, like, go for a trade. But it ended up like I use all that shit now, you know?
0: I did not graduate college. Mm. Uh, I dropped out. Hell yeah. Uh, I still owe a lot of student loans. <laughs> but I don't have any fucking money. So come get it in blood, you yeah. pieces of shit. <laughs> I they th- take my taxes every year. Ooh, big whoop.
1: <laughs> I'm going to hurt your credit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, what credit? What credit? I am the least credible man I know when it comes <laughs> to, like, leasing opportunities. Yeah, Like, they are not giving me a loan <laughs> for shit. But...
1: But no, yeah, I reached out to Larry because I knew him from that school, and I knew that he had started his own, like, side animation company. Mm-hmm. And when I reached out and told him about it, he was like, yeah, dude, if you'd be cool, I'd love to sponsor the podcast, so I'll give you a discount, and you just mention it to other people. and have Oh, it. that's dope. So if you look back at the earlier episodes, too, I would have, like, a whole, like, m- like, in mid-episode before I had the music break, it would just be me doing a pre-roll for, like, Larry and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But now the new intro is actually I teamed up with Jason Clark's son, JC Clark, okay, and he does 3D animation, and that's why the new one where you see the floating microphone, the yeah. floating like then my face. So I, I just wanted to step it up a little bit because the style that I told Larry was like Kim Possible style. It seemed mm-hmm. like younger, and I feel like
0: yeah, that's a perfect way to describe yeah. it actually.
1: So I feel like it, it needed to evolve a little bit with like me moving to the new set that I'm at and like the podcast changing a little bit. So I was happy to team up with him, and I met him from. Interviewing him from knowing his like clothing drop and stuff, so it's just funny that the only way you grow is just from like meeting these other dope people and shit. So absolutely,
0: I uh, I changed logos already. <laughs> uh, well, the first one was a brain yeah. like this, uh, but this one the brain is made out of question
1: marks. Oh, that's sick.
0: Yeah, so shout out to Brianna Woodward.
1: That's awesome. Oh, she's awesome. She actually she's uh, dope as fuck. She made my new logo as well. That's like the the main one that I just updated. As, I just like, saw my that. Backdrop. Yeah. You'd, She's wild, dude. I gave her just, like, the outline of an idea. And when comedians give an idea, they're like, you know, like, flames and, like, (laughs) trippy-looking shit. And, like, she kills it. And I literally told her, I was like, thank you for, like, I don't know, somehow, like, comprehending what I meant. (laughs) There is a
0: show I'm on with her December 10th. Fuck yeah. And she animated, or not, she she illustrated Mm. the flyer and drew us all. I'll actually throw it up in the episode. Uh, oh, but, I saw that. But that is a, that's a dope-ass mm. flyer. She's such a good artist.
1: Besides Marcus. Marcus wasn't feeling that. <laughs> Marcus,
0: uh, Marcus or uh, uh, Michael Irving. Yeah, Michael Irving. <laughs> old, old, old Bill Cosby-looking comedian. Yeah. <laughs> no, he looks, he, he looks a little bit like Michael Irving.
1: No, he does, which is a compliment.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not a bad... It's not like Michael Irving's a... a all right, we're getting too deep in yeah. there.
1: If Michael Irving walked in, we wouldn't be like, he's a bad-looking dude. <laughs>
0: I'd be like, hey, Mr. Irving. I would call him Mr. Irving. Yeah. You know why? Why? Because I'm nasty.
1: You know what I do? I, <laughs> I call him 88. 88. Hey, 88. I'd be like, you want some Coke? <laughs> All right. I'd shake his hand big. Those are touchdown hands. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what does that mean? You're sweaty. I'm like, I'm always sweaty. I run hot, 88. He's like, stop calling me that.
0: This got weird.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of weird, you, you were talking ghost? We were yeah, talking yeah. You said you
0: had a interesting uh, paranormal family experience or story?
1: Yeah. So I haven't experienced it. I don't think my sister has or my mom, but I grew up in the house that my dad grew up in. Mm-hmm. So when his parents got divorced uh, after high school, he took over the house and I was his. And I, my brother and I stayed in the same attic that my uncle and him shared. Mm-hmm. So when... So one day my brother like came running downstairs and his face was like white. He was just like so white that he was just like, dude, dude, I saw a fucking ghost. And we're laughing. We're like, me and my mom are literally just not taking him serious. And he was like, no, man, it's this lady where she literally was like this old white lady wearing a dress. And it was like a black dress and she had long hair. And we're like, all right, dude, whatever. So he's like, no, call dad. So he calls my dad during work and he's on speaker. And he's like, dad, I saw a ghost up in the attic. And my dad like described before my brother could exactly what the ghost looked like. Did it look like this? And the guy's like, yeah, "Yeah, I've seen her. Oh, wow. So, and then after that, we believed him, but I've never seen anything. Is
0: there a description?
1: Yeah, so like I said, it was a lady in like a black dress with like long hair, but she was like an older lady. Mm -hmm. And we have this mirror that was also a medicine cabinet at like the top of the house. And it was just weird because it like sat right over the bed, so when you come up the stairs, you just saw the mirror and we're kind of looking at it. Yeah. So I don't know. So they always said they saw her like in that mirror. But that was like the only paranormal experience i've ever
0: no ufos no cryptids no no you didn't no. get you didn't get uh relations with bigfoot you know there's bigfoot erotica out there yeah i think that's hilarious
1: yeah i i feel like there's erotica for everything but bigfoot erotica those people just like i feel like they just want to be protected <laughs> they just want a big man or a big woman a big foot <laughs> <laughs> so jeff
0: you did stand up. You said you were hosting these mics. Um, when when you came up to Pittsburgh, yeah, I want to know like when you started it. Outside of being around it, was there something in you that wanted to to pursue it? Like, what was what was the thing that made you take that leap?
1: To doing comedy or yeah, coming here? Yeah, doing comedy. Uh, always growing up, that was like my favorite thing. Like when I got out here, you were talking about the sports game. I watched it a little. I I just call oh, such I, a terrible I, game. I, I just call it the sports game. But I I don't watch sports like I grew up playing hockey like I I really like like playing sports mm-hmm. but my brain just can't retain like stats or informations like information like like with these people like they do keep we like Tom Brady mess up on this and I was like dude I literally shit my pants third period like I can't focus on Tom Brady's stats. Jeff Fieldhouse's stats are 0-1 right now. Like everyone's <laughs> cheering about the Steelers, but I'm I need to focus on my stats. You know, and I always just like comedy. Like my favorite thing was just comedy movies. And like growing up, I was like, probably Ben Stiller and Rodney Dangerfield and Joe Pesci. Like the amount of times that I've seen like my cousin you know Vinnie or like, great, Easy Money way. and like all those movies and like back to school, like those are just like such comforting, like real quick, funny vibes. And then like getting into SNL and then like now that YouTube's a thing, you start looking them up, and you realize that they went to actual like improv before they went into uh, they did, did this sketch comedy. What the fuck's it called? Second uh, City. Yeah, Second City. Like shout out th- to Chris Skreba. Yeah, over in Chicago. And then from figuring out Second City, and then hearing that they do stand up, and then I started listening to like Howard Stern and like Opie and Anthony, and where you just hear these guys talk about going to mics and being like, oh, you did this shitty mic you roast, and it made it like tangible because I was always like funny around my friends. And I always just, like, thought funny shit. And I, like, played hockey. So I knew, like, all right, practice nights were on Wednesdays. And I, and once I found out about, like, open mics and saw, like, some type of structure, that's when I was like, all right, cool. So I was always talking about it with my friend Lexi in high school. And then one day she called me and she's like, I signed you up for a pleasure bar, Mike. You're going there. So after that, and it went semi-well, it just made it tangible enough to be like, all right, well, I've always loved comedy. like I, That's kind of the only thing I've been, like, pretty damn good at. Besides, like, filming skits and doing stand-up so it was really the only thing i liked and listened to and kind of like absorbed
0: you know as much as i enjoyed comedy and as much as i've like watched it and 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 consumed it my entire life mm. i didn't know what it took before i started like i didn't realize like you had to go to mics all the time mm. to work on shit i was one of those guys that kind of thought okay they got a rough idea of what they're going to talk about. They get on stage and just go. Yeah, it is. You know? Like, I loved stand-up, and I thought it was so much simpler than it is.
1: Would, did you ever watch the documentaries like... Documentaries like Comedian would really help break it down, you know? Where it showed Jerry, like, in the cab, like, actually working on the shit, and then seeing Orny Adams, who is kinda like the comedian that doesn't really get it and like doesn't really see how like yeah over emotional he is and shit. Like you learned so much from watching just those documentaries I've, young age, I've watched
0: know? them since. Okay. Like I didn't watch them before mm. but like since I've obviously watched yeah. those. There's a couple documentaries. There's like Road Comedian. Yeah. When they're talking about like staying in the in a different spot. Like a mm. bunch of interesting shit. I, lo- I love it. Especially now like I can I feel like I can appreciate it too. Mm. Since I guess since I'm a stand-up.
1: Yes, since you do comedy, you get more of the inside jokes. It's kind of like watching like those older movies when you were younger and you watch them now. You're like, oh, I see what my parents are laughing at. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's, just a, it's a different lens.
0: You pick up on things. Mm-hmm.
1: But no, that's why I was just grateful for because my dad just was obsessed with comedy. And when my mom started traveling for work on the weekends, he'd be like, you guys like these Comedy Central specials. Well, if you stay up past midnight, you can hear them swear like, mm. we'd watch, like, the Cat Williams specials. And I just thought Cat Williams was, like, a monster on stage. The way he would just, like, prowl the stage like a hawk and just, like, hit those punchlines. And he had, like, such, like, a flamboyant and gaudy, like, background and setup. He just made comedians, like, just look cool as fuck. And then we'd just watch, like, the old Def Jans, like, Bernie Mac and shit. Oh, yeah. And, and it would just be, like, it just made comedy, like, wild. And then what helped is every Sunday I would go up to my, mom's, uh, my grandma's house and my mom's brother and my Uncle Brian and her and my pap and my grandma Or just like pop culture, like whether it's movies, books, just fanatics. So like every Sunday, you go up. Like the first movie I remember watching up there was Road Trip, because it came out and they heard it was good, and they're like, "We got to watch this new movie." And then in high school, I'm watching Borat with my grandma, and like my grandma never swore. You never heard anything when it came to comedy. She fucking like just loved the wild shit. You know. That's great. So it was just cool. Like that. That I think that's how I got to find out like the structure of it, because I was around people who were also obsessed with it. So they would talk about the structure and. Show me documentaries like that that kind of broke it down a little bit.
0: MC Auto Detailing is a home-based detailing company located in Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. At MC Auto, we take care of all of your detailing needs from a basic hand wash to a complete makeover of your vehicle. Busy schedule? MC Auto is also mobile. You can get your vehicle detailed in the comfort of your own home. With a five-star rating on Google, we treat your vehicle as if it was our own. For a free quote and more information, contact MC Auto on Facebook and Instagram at MC Auto Detailing LLC or call 724-462-4863. MC Auto Detailing, who doesn't like a clean car? Okay, okay. Cat Williams is a monster, man, by the
1: way. his, His old shit, I'll put it up against a lot of people's shit. Like, just that energy and the way he can make a point. And, like, soak you in it. Like, he has a point that would be a premise for anyone. they throw it away. And he just, like, he stretches a premise in such a good way. Like, where yeah. he adds his personality and character and shit.
0: Cat Williams is, is truly
1: one of the one of the greats, yeah. I would say. He didn't age like wine, but.
0: Well, I, I couldn't really watch that thing he put out during the pandemic.
1: What was it? Though? He filmed it in Florida?
0: What? No, he filmed it with no no audience. Just him. Yeah. Like, like a one-man show type thing.
1: That's just called therapy. (laughs) Like, you don't put that out. Yeah. I really
0: like how Kevin Hart filmed that special in his house. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really dope. Did you see Kevin Hart's new show? No, not yet. True Story? It's with him and. um, Wesley Snipes. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. I've heard good things.
1: Best show I've watched probably this year. Really? When when I'm talking about plot twists, realness, like, I feel like Kevin did all those movies and saved that money so he can drop something like this.
0: What uh what can I what's it about?
1: Uh it's on Netflix. So it's actually about like Kevin Hart loosely. He calls himself the kid instead of Kevin. And and, <laughs> and he does like all these big movies, but he also like kind of gets clowned by like his brother who's from like um, Philly is from the hood. He's like, oh, 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 oh you do those kids movies. That's good. And he's also like a super like famous like he's basically Kevin Hart in the show. Mm-hmm. And he goes back to Philly to do a like homecoming show and he's six months sober. He just signed a deal where he's in internals. It's like a Marvel movie. So oh, okay. he signed that. And he his brother takes him out and he's six months sober. And his brother's like, let's drink and celebrate. And I could spoil some to you, but I'm not going to because it's like a whole part of the show. But it just it goes zero to a hundred in a not cheesy way. You always expect a little bit of cheese, and it's not even about him, it's just the movies he's done in the past. But this shit's like, it's just a good like mystery slash just like it's kind of dark in that sense, but it's surprising. Like Daniel and I, we watched it. And we wanted to watch it. We watched, like I think there's seven episodes. We watched the first three and we were like, we got to save this. And, huh. we, and we just finished it yesterday. And it was like, dude, yes, yeah, so I'd, I'd highly suggest that.
0: I'll have to check that out real, real quick. Uh, promo yourself.
1: Uh, yeah. So I am Jeff Fieldhouse. And I'm host of the Babe Face Assassin podcast. I'm also a stand up comedian from here as well. Um, the podcast is now dropping every Tuesday instead of Monday. The past couple Tuesday we changed it to that. I just like Tuesdays better, you know? I feel like Monday, you can stew in. Tuesday, you got a lot more. So, yeah, dropping that on Tuesday. I'm also doing live show interviews. You can check out the first one that I did at 1Up Skate Shop, and I teamed up with Studio 22. The place was so packed. I got to interview, I think, like 10 artists, and I asked them all the same questions and chop it up, like, one in a row. So check that out. That's on my Instagram. It's on YouTube. It's on Twitter. And, yeah, we have a mixtape dropping. Um... It was supposed to be Christmas. I still want it to be Christmas, but if it doesn't sound exactly how we want to, then it's going to be New Year's. We're working on the mixing now.
0: That's awesome. Now, you mentioned that. Can you, can you elaborate a little more on on your working with the curating of a mixtape and what yeah. have
1: you? I Because I, I always, growing up and listening to music, I would love, like, on my iPod shuffle, you could create playlists, and I would hear an album and, like, reorganize the album because I'd be like, damn, this second song should have went first. Like, it should have smacked you in the face. Yeah. And I would kind of, like, love to reorganize that shit. So once I started doing those all-art show and meeting musicians and meeting Ty, who has his own studio, Ty invited me to uh, ID Labs, and I got to see the process of, like, how songs were made and, like, just seeing how people were doing it, and that's where I got to meet, like, uh, Yovella Mori, whose name's Yomo. He's a really dope producer at ID Labs. Same with Jack Jeter, who was there, but now he's in L.A. working with Wiz and Taylor And just a lot of those dudes I got to meet through the podcast and through stand-up, and they started sending me beats, and I just had an idea where I. It was like Mac Miller's friend before Mac died, and like when I was growing up, he would drop a 420 mixtape. Okay. And he would get a bunch of local artists from Pittsburgh, and he would have Mac like feature on a song with Hardo or feature on a song with a local guy. And it was just so sick because you got to find out about all these local producers and musicians, and you'd have like Mac kind of blessing that artist that he was performing with. And he stopped doing that after a while. And I was like, well, I'm doing these all art shows where I'm dealing with musicians. They're sending me beats. I hear like different musicians that would never work with, with certain producers or at different studios. It's like, why don't I just put together a five song mixtape mm-hmm. once a year? And it's just a vibe of like a bunch of Pittsburgh producers. So I reached out to Jack Cheater, Be With The Heat, who's like, Be With The Heat's one of the top producers at ID Labs right now. And they just sent me beat tapes and they just sent me all these beats. And then I reached out to artists, I uh, ran out the studio times at ID. And we have, I think, four songs recorded right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, Ty Danzuzo's is doing the last song, that kind of ended out because he made the intro song for the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it only makes sense for him to end the song, like to end the mixtape as well. That's cool as hell. Yeah. So and, and I'm gonna start doing more stuff where like where I interview people with shows. Why isn't it a babyface show where I book the artist and I interview them? Mm. So it could be like my night that I do that. And I didn't want to jump into that space until I dropped a mixtape showing that I went to the studio. I saw the process. I worked with these artists. So then I, whenever I invite them out, it makes more sense, you know? Because, like, that's not my field, but I just think it could grow. And that's the cool thing about, like, doing stand-up and then having the podcast. So if I didn't have the podcast, I'd be like, I'm a comedian. I'm not going to mess with these music mm-hmm. cats. Mm-hmm. But it, everything I've done in the past from Florida till now has shown that I should be in the path of both comedy and music. And if you can blend those two together. I think it can be, like, cool as fuck, you know?
0: Yeah, you do it in a very natural way too. And that's Thanks, what's man. that's what's interesting. It's I it's very that. dope. Like I, I I've already, you know, talked about the all art show, but like every it's it's just a spectacle. Like mm-hmm. and not in a bad way. Like it's amazing because you're watching stand up
1: and like And then, t- and there's a nice structure before, because when comedians hear that there's music on the bill, mm-hmm. they always get nervous. I'm like comedy's first. Yeah. Break music second. Like I'm not gonna fuck the people. You yeah, know? Like, we still care about the artist and
0: and the visual medium in the background mm. going on painting a portrait yeah. or a p- whatever picture they're painting mm. or putting together. It's amazing. Like Thanks, man. it's really good t- The vibes are great in there, and it just feels so natural. Thanks, like man. and the way you and Ty work together seems very natural as well.
1: Mm. Definitely. Yeah, we've been friends since I think like fifth grade. Okay. So uh, yeah, we've just always talked about this, and I think it's so natural because like Ty loves music so much. So he wants to make sure that the music end and his dad is so supportive. Like his dad's the most supportive one. So when you have like a place that we're comfortable in, that we grew up going to Mm -hmm. mixed in with his love for music, my love for comedy, his girlfriend's love for art, you know? So whenever there's an artist, they make sure it's like, I feel like it's so genuine because it's all three people that care about it instead of like one person just trying to make money by doing a little festival show. Yeah. And that's the other thing we're throwing mini festivals once a month. Like if you go there, it is like a festival throughout the night. Like, it, it is weird. There's but,
0: giveaways and yeah. drinks. and mm-hmm. It's it's great great establishment, guys. Check it out.
1: Yeah, definitely. Shout out Ty Danzuzo, Joe Danzuzo, and just everyone that, like, yeah. So it, it ties a big part of why it feels casual. But as you know, just finding a group, too, like with your homies that you found in the scene, like, it's dope The things that can happen once you find, like, people you can yeah. be your full well, self around. Yeah,
0: once yeah. you find, like, people you can gen- genuinely click with mm-hmm. and, like, not have to be, like, put on airs i guess because you have to you know when you're around everybody you have to have a certain level of like being on your toes and p's and q's and all that
1: yeah it's more like around the water core. yeah it's gotta yeah (laughs) hey what's up man how you been how you been
0: oh that's cool oh you got a show coming up that's dope that's dope you know but like i don't know the shit i say in the group chats and the shit we all say in group chats like with our close friends (laughs) oh horrendous oh yeah
1: (laughs) such horrid things (laughs) That's why you have gun ranges, you know? Like, yeah. the group chat is the gun range. <laughs> some dude might bring in a shotgun one day. It's like, I thought we were doing pistols. I mean, shit.
0: Oh, man. Uh, some guys throw nukes in there.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> some guys, it's almost like, do you want this to go? <laughs> like, why? You're you're going hard in the paint.
0: Group like, chats. Like, Remember, guys, make sure you can trust the people in your group chats before you go wild. Yeah. Because like, then there's other group chats where I'm just like... Giving a thumbs up or some shit because mm. like, I don't want to parts any of these people.
1: You call it the gift chat or you always know, send gifts. Yeah. Yeah. Something no, like that. No words, just gifts.
0: And somebody yeah. comes in all serious. Oh, my uncle died. I'm so sad. Like, oh, this is a comedy thing. You fucking weirdo.
1: That's more of your family group chat. I don't know if you. Uh, yeah. Like, don't you have a therapist? <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> you should. You should. I don't have a therapist. Maybe they shouldn't. I don't know. Yeah. Who might have pushed the, the therapy on other people? Yes. Don't you dare improve yourself. Nope. So what's uh, what's
1: in the future for Jeff? <laughs> oh shit! I I thought that was my phone for a second. Your phone fell. Uh, in the future for me, like I said, with the music shows and the as well the all art shows with Ty, just kind of making that bigger. Well, as well, well, you you've
0: traveled in the past. Um, yeah, you've been to Florida for comedy. You've mm-hmm. been to New Jersey for comedy. Actually,
1: I'm I'm, I'm actually going to be going back to New Jersey as mm-hmm. well. My friend Danny Braff is, is out there as well. He has an awesome bar called comedy of verve like Mark Norman, Sam Morril um rich voss like a, a lot of dope people perform there and he also like has a show in new, in new york as well and he's just constantly working out there so i'm gonna be making a trip in january to go see him oh that's cool and he's gonna be coming uh here actually i think in february so i'm gonna go see him then he's gonna come here to do some shows oh do uh, you know where uh where at like in new it, jersey it,
0: no where he's gonna come and do shows here oh yeah so
1: he's doing the all art show and then okay. Ernie B., where I uh, actually put on a music show. I get my haircuts. It's in a local place in Aetna. Okay. I grew up in Aetna. Hey, that's cool, man. I, I, I always love getting my haircuts there. And he has a dope barbershop because he was in the music industry for a while. And he actually has a stage in his barbershop. Mm. And he moves everything out and he has rock concerts there. Oh, that's I cool. I was lucky enough to host one of them. It was such a fun fucking time. And he said that uh, he wants to start doing um, comedy shows there and he wants me to host it. And I was like, a thousand percent, dude. I, yeah, I, that sounds I, I like great. You. So when Danny comes, at least two of the shows he's gonna be doing is the all art show and then the do
0: you have any idea of the dates?
1: Uh the the show for the barbershop is January. Ernie's gonna get back to me because we do the all art show. It's always the third Saturday okay. of every month. So so the all art show will be the third Saturday of January and then it'd be cool if the barbershop show could be that Sunday. Mm-hmm. So we'd have to talk to Ernie, but yeah, so honestly the all art show with that being back, the barbershop show, getting that going, having two shows a month would be awesome. With the podcast as well, um, I am filming it out of What Productions. It's a production studio at Wavy, which is even funnier with music. The guy that owns it uh, runs his own music studio called Wavy Studios, and he was a fan and saw I was doing it in my living room, and he goes, we have a production studio downstairs. Mention us in the podcast. You can use it for free. Oh, that's dope. So I show up, and he has 4K cameras, lights. I set up the audio when I leave. He gives me the video file so I can go home and edit. It's in 4K. So it just made it a lot more legit, too, because people show up to a real studio. It was just so sick that like the music dude liked what I was doing and wanted to help upgrade me.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah, so
1: they're going to be moving studios, but he showed me because we have a dope curtain with the lightings that if I had to move to another studio, Ernie B said I can record it at his shop, and he has his own stage, so it would be cool to bring it to Aetna. So yeah, just uh the podcast, a lot more stand-up. I, I want to start uh, getting booked a lot more as well, but the last two months I was lucky enough to do four shows a month. Shout out West Virginia. Shout out to West Virginia. I love West Virginia as well. West Virginia is a dope spot. Yeah, I did the Morgantown Brewing uh, Company. With uh, Cody? Yeah. Okay. You go downstairs. Shout out to Cody Cannon. dope speakeasy. Cody's like, he's like the comedy Muppet. He's the nicest guy ever, dude. You meet him and he's just like, what's up, dude? Yeah,
0: he's amazing. I love him. He's such a sweetheart.
1: The best energy. So no, just stand up the podcast, the mixtape with the podcast, and then um, the two comedy shows, and then the music shows coming up, so... It's just going to be a, a lot of dope shows. I'm I'm meeting a lot of dope Pittsburgh creatives, and it's cool to bring more of the music people over. The last comedy show I did at Parkway, a few of the producers at ID Labs came, and it was just oh, cool. They dope. surprised me, so it's like a younger, different audience of musicians, and they were like, bro, I've only seen like comedy specials. I've never seen stand-up live. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to get more of that music side into stand-up and like checking that out, and each show they've been to, they've liked it, so... I think stand up and music go together well when done right. A hundred percent. I mean, growing up, dude, Dave Chappelle's Block Party—that was the dopest thing ever. Yeah. (laughs) Seeing how you can mix those two, it's just a—it's a sick vibe. So yeah, just just. Couple years
0: ago, I did the uh, Newcastle Music Fest. Yeah. And like they had some stand up there, Mm. and like shout out to those guys. Fuck yeah! But like, I I love the whole idea of like music and comedy because it's so freeing. Like, and then one can set each other up for the other. Like, if you're grooving. You you want to laugh, or if you're laughing, you want to groove. Yeah, like it goes well together. You uh, congratulations on all your success, man. Thank um, you. I hadn't realized, but like you're a busy man. Like we're all busy, mm. but like you're doing a lot, man. Congrats on that.
1: Thank you, dude. I appreciate that. It was it was a lot of stuff that I had planned, and then it, once the people said yes, it's just it happens at time. But like you know, it's all natural. Yeah, it, it's kind of the lifestyle. You, you you just get used to it, but. I'm lucky just to have two people like you and nice people to.
0: Oh, thank you, man.
1: To, to help keep it going, you know, because it, it is nice when you're like on this creative journey and you get to meet other dope creatives. And you're just like, oh, yeah. Right, cool. Yeah, so no, dude, I, I appreciate, it, but I'm, I'm just excited to, to see where it goes. Oh,
0: no, man, you're you're absolutely right because it's it's very difficult to even maintain your enthusiasm for the art if you're around a bunch of dipshits, with lack of a better term. Mm. Um, this is the point in the episode where I ask you for a piece of advice. And it doesn't have to be comedy related. It doesn't have to be music related. Just what piece of advice would you give to the listeners?
1: I'd say wait till the morning. Uh, I'm a night owl and that's usually like when my thoughts are depression and that stuff will get to me and you'll want to send a text. You want to do something that's like out of pocket. So wait till the morning. And that could even be with, like, hurting yourself or hurting a relationship or just getting in your head and losing sleep. Like, just wait till the sun comes up and it's a whole different vibe, you know? There's been times where I've been so in my head thinking it, shit was, like, so much. And then you wake up and you're like, fuck, dude. I wish I would have just known that a reset happens, <laughs> you know?
0: That's great advice, man. Uh, that's great advice. Wait till the morning. So you, you said you struggled with depression?
1: Oh yeah, it's it was definitely a thing where you have your battles with it, where you're like figured you out, the, the <laughs> right amount of therapy and exercise, I'm good, and then all of a sudden it's like, and it hits you on the face again. But honestly, just breathing, talking, and then waiting, you know, instead of saying things instantly or instantly want to do things, patience has helped a lot.
0: Mm, I like that, Jeff. That's that's amazing, man. Great. Wait till the morning. You know, that would have probably saved me a lot of trouble (laughs) throughout my life if I just waited till the morning. Yeah,
1: probably a lot of alcohol, you know, (laughs) if I just stopped pouring and just wait till the morning. Yeah, that's
0: true. I don't know. Well, thank you for coming in today, Jeff. Uh,
1: Really appreciate it, man. I had a lot of fun this episode.
0: Anything else you want to get out to the people before we uh,
1: wrap up? Just follow the podcast. There's going to be like a lot of dope things coming from it, especially like I said, how it's not going to be just interviews. The last episode I put up, it wasn't just me sitting down with an artist like the genuine one. I was out at a show. I have a Babyface spotlight coming up where I live in Bellevue. There's a lot of dope new businesses coming. There's a brand new smoke shop. There's a brand new donut shop. and I think it'd be cool just to do a spotlight where a little bit of B-roll, ask the owner three questions. You get to check out the spot, move on to the next one. So it's not just going to be podcast interviews, which there will be that but you're going to be getting some local content from music creators and just a little bit of behind the scenes of the people I'm meeting and stuff. So check that out, stand up and all that will be on Jeff underscore field and subscribe to the YouTube channel, please love yeah, guys. A, please lot his his. Yeah. a lot of work goes in the videos and mine. A lot of work goes in the videos I see the editing. You can't see this, but he has a dope screen. He has a crazy setup. So much editing goes into this that <laughs> I love when people listen, but I really love when they watch. Yeah, you know?
0: yeah. Because um, it's it's a visual medium at heart. Hell yeah. You know, and I put clips up. I put I put little uh, pictures up sometimes mm. to help the viewer if they're watching. But, I mean, look, if you just listen to this and you've never watched it, me and Jeff are probably the two sexiest people yeah. that you'd ever laid eyes on. I implore you to watch this episode.
1: All I say is every single time I sip this, you got to see my lips pucker. So zoom in. I know your computers can. <laughs> and enjoy it.
0: I've been wet the whole time Jeff's yeah, been here.
1: Uh, real quick, when will this be dropping?
0: This will be dropping a week from today.
1: A week from today. Perfect. And today
0: is what, the 27th, 28th? Yes. Today's the 28th. So the 5th or 7th? Well, it's Sunday.
1: Yeah, so it's going to be the 5th. Okay. No, the, the, the 6th. It's going to be the 6th. Okay. Well, December 17th, Ty and I are back with the All Art Show. We're going to be heavily promoting this one. We're very excited. I'm going to be doing stand-up. Ty's going to be um, performing his new album So the last time Ty performs and every time he performs, the crowd is just fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. But his new album that he just dropped is fucking ridiculous. So you're going to be able to see both of us perform, which is sick. And I actually have the official lineup, which I'm very excited to bring up. Oh, yeah. Shout out Ty as well. Shout out Joey. But um, let me see right here. So the lineup for the comedy show is Mike Zydell. Oh, Mike Zydell. Brittany Alexis. Okay. And Rebecca Cattenberry. Okay. So very solid, all very different, and just strong as fuck. So I just wanted it to be a strong lineup. I'm going to be doing about five minutes, and then Ty's going to be performing to close out the show. You're definitely not going to want to miss this one. It's going to be sick.
0: It sounds like a great show, and if you're a long-time listener, you've heard Brittany Alexis on here multiple times. Oh yeah. As well as Mike Zydell. Uh, he's hilarious. They're both very funny. Rebecca's... Mm-hmm. Very funny as well.
1: Hell
0: yeah. Um, you guys know the music is very talented. Mm. It's going to be a great show. Uh, one more time with
1: the date. Uh, it is December 17th.
0: December 17th. The show's and at 8.30. 8.30. Mount at- Troy Inn. Okay, and how the much Reserve are tickets? Township.
1: Tickets are $5 when you get there. And with that tick, sorry, bourbon coffee. Uh, $5 tickets when you get there. And with that, they'll give you a ticket to actually throw into a raffle Like Johnny knows, you want a TV (laughs) when you were there. I want a
0: 50-inch smart TV.
1: Yeah. So, and the raffles are always sick. Uh, Last time, Derek Brown got to win um, wine. His dad actually decided too that he has a separate raffle just for the uh, artists performing, so the artists have a chance to win something. Oh, that's cool. So he puts a lot of thought into it. I think one time he sent me home with like a a laptop. It was like one of those like school type laptops. I was like, you always need an extra laptop. Yeah. so no, uh, he puts a lot of thought into it, and the show's me fun as hell. It's in Reserve Township. If you need to check out any info on that, just go to Ty Danzuzo's page or Jeff Fieldhouse.
0: Guys, five dollars is a steal. It's nothing, dude, for great, that show.
1: Great drink specials. It's a steal. Yeah, ridiculous. Oh, Mount Troy Inn. I used to go there when
0: I was in my teenage years because they would have like ten cent wing nights or hell something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't like wings, but all my buddies would go, and I'd order like a hoagie or some shit. Hell great yeah. food up there. Real good food. Guys, please check this man out uh if you don't catch him now you're going to be catching him in the future because he's not stopping would you say that
1: i would yeah yeah it's sure. <laughs> like
0: that's like you talk to guys and they're like i don't like condoms it's like bro you i've never walked up to a dude and they're like oh i love condoms yeah put an extra layer like you're, you of course he's not stopping of yeah, course he doesn't I'm not like stopping, condoms
1: but i actually i love condoms i am a big proponent of condoms uh, when I tell people that I love to wear them, they always look at me like how Johnny's looking at me right now. But you know what? Like we said, wait till the morning. Wait till you come because you're going to wish that you had one after. A repercussion, okay? And buy them on Amazon. You can get them in bulk. You find the brand that you like that fits the best. You got them in bulk, and you kind of feel like a G, you know? <laughs> when the time's ready, pull out a bunch of them.
0: I got a posture. You yeah. know, I'll go to sheets and be like, give me the biggest Magnums you got. All of them, and I'll just waste it. But I'll like, I'll just try and give it to big dick homeless people. Yeah, uh, I'll be like, do you have a large penis, sir? Without residence, have these condoms.
1: I remember I was in <laughs> seventh grade with my friends at a Walgreens, and I brought. They dared me to buy a thing of magnums, and I went up, and the guy goes, "No," and I just walked away. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just walked away. That's hilarious. Yeah, so I wasn't like he was like, "No," as in it wouldn't fit. Like, go back and try it. I was like, you got a fitting room? He's like, kid, <laughs> it's not how that works.
0: Oh, wow. I, I'd hate to be the cleanup in that fitting room. Yeah. You're only allowed seven items of condoms at once.
1: <laughs> That's the limit.
0: Too many condoms.
1: <laughs> taking this trash bag. Why? Just taking the trash bag.
0: You ever seen a sheepskin
1: condom? No. I've heard. I've heard. I've it, heard. I've heard it kind of like how you said you've heard of like the people into Bigfoot. Yeah. I've heard. Never okay. seen. I'm t- have I, you
0: used? I have not good i have not good my condom usage is
1: very low
0: but my sex is like non-existent are so. you an overthinker no i just i don't yeah. have sex anymore since my wife died understandable yeah. <laughs> and there we go to wrap it up real sad for you guys
1: <laughs> wear a condom
0: yeah you wear a condom because yeah. we don't need any more little rugrats running around yeah you want more people to disagree with. That's that's the only reason people are having kids now is just so there's more people in the world to disagree with.
1: <laughs> see, that's how I felt. And then my sister just had a kid and I found out that she's having another. And there's just certain people where you're just like, yeah, I get it, it's for them. I was like, Because yeah. this is great. Like, you see how they are. And I'm like, this is sick. They live in Nashville. They got a bunch of acres of land. They got two kids. I'm oh, like, that's cool. I'm like, start that family. But if you live in like New York <laughs> and you're dragging them on the subway and all be yeah. like fucking them up, it's like <laughs> you got seven kids all riding the subway. Yeah, <laughs> if you're gonna do that, buy if you're gonna have kids, buy some land. God Almighty, and start. I, who am
0: I to tell people how to parent? Do what you want with your kids, I guess. Yeah, be like raccoons if you want. Have fuck, be like opossums. What kind of what a spider carry your kids on your back? That's true. Or yeah. or a frog or whoever does it.
1: What about the child leashes? What are your thoughts about that?
0: <sighs> I mean.
1: Says more about the parent than the child.
0: I well, yeah, I agree with that, and I think it's beneficial. But I think it's used by skinny people inappropriately because uh, I really think that's a product for like really obese people who can't <laughs> chase after their child. Yes, I feel like if you jog every morning, you should not be having a child leash.
1: You're you're very right. They'll be wearing the fabletic shorts, and I'm like, no, mm-hmm. you you have to go to the gym to buy those shorts. It,
0: those people, I think, just don't pay attention to their kids. That's true. But the the heftier folk. I can understand they can't run off after little Amy.
1: True. If I see a lady at a Walmart, like each step looks like it's like she's walking up, but she's walking normal. It's like, Oh boy. Then give her the leash. Oh boy.
0: Yeah. We're getting, we're getting out of here folks.
1: The nice thing is, is that someone had sex with her in that fake story. So you know what? She's there like, is always,
0: love. no matter what someone looks like, um, there's always someone who's attracted to them. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a weird part of life, I guess. Oh yeah. Like, and, Oh well, it is what it is. We had great <laughs> content, guys. We're getting the fuck out of here. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, subscribe, do something. Check out the sponsors, uh talking with shadows or uh uh MC Auto Detail LLC. Hey, uh Marcus Cox, you yeah, know. Um good. until next time, guys. Peace and love. This is the inquisitive minds Podcast